Sorry. Um, towards the very end of Ois Samachtalad. And he was talking about the various other Chafmas that somebody who's proficient in Torah has to have. And we left off, he was talking about the Chachma, that there is an understanding, uh, the Mazalos, an understanding how astronomy works, how, how the Kichavim and uh, the Malad Halavana, and how they interact with each other. And we saw before, there's just two ways of understanding the other Chachmas, which he speaks about. If it's something which a person is given in Hashemayim, or it's something which a person comes to from learning Torah, when it comes to the Chachma of understanding the Mazalos, so that's clearly something which was given in the Malo, and he's going to prove it wasn't something with, with, which is, was within, so to speak, the ability of human beings to understand their own. And then he says it towards the end, Already from the from David Amalek's family, from the house of David, we know the soil of Ibur, how the interaction between the sun and the moon. Mitkuf as Levana, which is the Tkuf of the moon, how long it takes to circle the world. Exactly what was said when David Amalek gave the calendar of how it works. Nothing changed in thousands or hundreds of years. And whereas other astronomers, other scientists, if you want, their calculations weren't as accurate. The Whereas other scientists who try to measure the amount of time it takes for the, the planet or the sun to return to its position, the moon to return to its position, weren't as accurate. And therefore, as even if there were only a few degrees off or a few minutes off, but given a few years or a hundred years, there was a very much more dramatic difference between uh, where they were counting time and where the position of the heavenly bodies really was. And because of that, they had to correct the calendar, basically. It's uh, even more recently than the, the Sefer of Zerah is written. As we know, there was a difference between the Julian calendar and the Gregorian calendar, which was basically based on a mistake on the system of how they counted time. And they had to uh, like make an adjustment of, nearly, I think, 10 days it was, maybe 12 days, I don't remember, nearly two weeks, because the system wasn't accurate. Whereas by us, whereas by us, they, the system which was given to us from base David was uh, accurate and we never had to adjust the calendar. So, and Aliyah the model still falls and the model is meant to fall. Thank you. Uh, the system still works the way the system is meant to work. Now there's two interesting areas here. Why does he, why does he blame us on base David? Where do we see that base David was, uh, so to speak, uh, expert, they had the expertise in the Maidad? So there's a very interesting Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah that there was one time that Adim came to Torah Abu Gamliel that they had seen the new moon. And therefore he wanted to encourage the Chodesh. And even though Rosh Hashanah was a Nasi, and therefore the jurisdiction of being Mekadosh the Chodesh was up to him. But Lema'i said there were senior Chachamim at the time um, who didn't agree with him. Notably Rabbi Yosef bin Arkinus and Rabbi Yeshua. And they held that it wasn't possible to see the Levana when the angels claimed to have seen it. In the Nash of the Mishnah, you can't say that one day a lady gives birth, the next day a creates a Benchina, she's going to be fully pregnant again. Which means, in the context of the Nimshal, what they were trying to say is that you can't say that on one day there's a, uh, you can see the old moon, so to speak, and then within 24 hours you're going to see the new moon. 
So that was the time that they had in Svar of how the system works to Ramah Gamriel. And Ramah Gamriel's answer to them was, Kach mukublani mi bais avi abo, pa'amim ba'baruchu, pa'amim ba'buktar. Kach mukublani, I have a messiah, mi bais avi abo, from my ancestor's house, that there's a possibility of that happening with the moon. Ramah Gamriel, as you know, was a Nazi, he was from Shevet, he was from Shevet, uh, you heard from Shevet, you heard from the base David, and therefore if he says, mukublani mi bais avi abo, what he means is that this is a Messiah from the base David. And that's why the Khazari has said that there was an Iker Hamakubu mi base David. The Iker Hamakubu is not David, exactly what Gamil was talking about. was Mukubdani mi base Aviyaba. That there was that understood there was a Messiah and how the system works, and that he finds accurate. And um, that's just the context of where he gets that expression from. Why he's told it from David and Melech. The other was wrong. Rabbi Shur was right. Right. Rabbi Shur was right. But the Mugliel told him there's a Messiah that this could happen. And therefore there's, there's such a possibility. That's why the Khazari got from the, the Messiah in the Ibu came from Beis Tari. Uh, that's where Gamliel, as the Nasi, got it from. Uh, that's the one point. The other interesting point here is um, there was an article from, an, I think it was a NASA scientist, which was published in the Jewish Observer many years ago. And they were trying to work out based on Based on when Alpi Chazal, we say the Bria Sa'ilam was 5,000 now, 782 years ago, that based on the position of the Mazalis now, and um, where the, we can calculate backwards, where the position of the Mazalis would have been is that amount of time back. And why is it a question? Because we know the position of the Mazalis when they were created. Right? It takes 28 years for them to come back to their position, which is only a Birkasachama. When the Ayyam and Nirvana are aimed in the same surah, in the same position they were in, in Bria Sa'ina. So if you're going to take time from where the position of the, of the sun and the moon, wherever they are today, and work backwards with the same mathematics we have of working at the cycle, where would they have been at the time of, of Bria Sa'ina, what we call Maida Tayo, 5,782 years ago? And they came out with the calculation, which are where based on the, where they are today to where it would have been then. And they were, it was different to where, it, where they were. Um, as far as I remember, there was a difference of 24 hour, 20, no, 34 hours difference between, um, between where it should have been and where it actually was. Um, I think it was 34, maybe it was, maybe it was 58, I don't remember exactly, but there was basically either a day and 10 hours or two days and 10 hours. Right. Based on the position we know where everything was when Hashem created it. If we're now going to use the system and fast forward 5,782 years times 12 to where we are today, where exactly is the other other are they today? And there's a discrepancy either of one day and 10 hours, I don't remember, or two days and 10 hours, which surprised them. But until they learned some nach, because we know there were two incidents in the Nakh which involved this. The first one was in the time of Yeshua. In the time of Yeshua, he stopped the sun. And it says, There's a Makhlagis in the Gemara where he stopped the sun for 24 hours or 48 hours. Which I don't remember what the answer was. It went with one of the two shittas. That there was a certain time that the sun stopped for 24 hours. And the other one was in the time of, of Cheskiyo Amelech when he got sick. And he asked for an ice to get better. And the oath was that the sun went 10 hours backwards. Right? And that was, so that's exactly how much time, how much time the, the system was missing. 
so to speak, either a day or two days, and remember, and 10 hours. Um, now, I was, when I read this article, I was surprised because we found another time that the sun had been moved in the time of Yaakov. But if you look at Rashi, it answers itself. Because even though when Yaakov came to Har Maria, it says, Hashem brought the sun down earlier. But on his way back, when he fought with the Malach, so it says, that it made up the time. Yeah, the sun came earlier, so to speak. Kenega, the time it set earlier. So clearly that righted itself in the Cheshpun. That there was that didn't change the position of where the sun and moon, wherever it was it was meant to be, the few where it's holding now. Okay, either way. Right. That's a Chazal also. We don't know how long it was for. It says, And the Chazal learned from there that it's just like by Yeshua, Shem stopped the sun, but Moshe Shem also did. Again, we don't have a time, so I don't know how, we don't know how long it was for. I don't know how it works with the Cheshmer. You're right. Right. I call upon himself, but even without that, uh, you saw it as it's a day, the Moedah comes exactly when Chazal predicted it was going to come, which is unbelievable. The calendar of Hillel Anasi, the Shani, which gave us the calendar, was way before the, well, the Julian calendar was set. And even though their calendar was wrong, like we said, it had to have corrections, and even after it had to have corrections, the fact that even now, every hundred years, they have to prove the leap year a day because uh, it's not exactly accurate, whereas the calendar of Hillel is exactly accurate. The word always falls either on Rosh or day before Rosh Hashanah. So the system, we had a much more clear or clear understanding of how the system works. Why is the solar calendar adjusted? Because there are... And now it says clearly that the Sephira is why it's like that. It's because it's in the book. And since it's starting in the book, the Kodesh Baruch tells us how the system works. We know, and there's no questions of how, why, how, how do we manage to get it right. It's partial. The Kodesh Baruch told us. Even one of the, we said a thousand eighty chalak in a day. So even if it be a shino in one of the chalakim, one thousand eightieth of the accurate amount, the Maya then given time, it would cause a big difference between the Ma'irad, which means the time when it's predicted that there's going to be a new moon, and Viraya, when we see it. And if just like they obviously knew exactly how the Ma'irad Hadavana worked, and therefore we don't find, even given thousands of years, a disparity between the Ma'irad and when the Ma'irad actually is, when you see the moon, so you understand, by the same token, they understood the ideas are the sun's cycle and the Kuchavim. And uh, what he wants to say with us is that when Chlaishal knew the Chachachmas, but specifically in the example of astronomy, he says it's because we had a, the beginning of world. We just knew from Alachramash Messina. It wasn't something which we were able to to be able to understand in our right, That's his first uh, example of one of the we call Chachmas Chitzonis, the other branches of Chachma which we were aware of. Now, the next one he brings is a very interesting one. And again, remember we're talking about Rabbi Yudha This was his field. This was his expertise. And it's Chachmus of Musica. Chachmus of Music. Musica, which is music. Chachmus of Music. Chashchashuv Ba'uma. It was important to Klai Yisrael. Shehi mechalekas hanigunim. Umameles ayisam anagorim shba'am. Because how do you see that music, or the knowledge of music was important to Klai Yisrael? Because it set aside the domain of studying music, or being involved with music, for the G'dayim Sheba'am, for the greatest of the nation. Now, 
Lelevi, who were considered the most Hashem Shabbat, they were given the job, the responsibility to play music in the Beis HaMikdash at the most important times. And that was their focus. A very interesting thing. They didn't need to involve themselves in Parnassah, because they were given Maesis, so Kaisha supported them. And therefore, what did they do all day? They could spend the whole time playing music. So you see a chachm in music that he that dedicated a significant part of the chashubim of Klai Yisrael, the Levim. Yes, there were those Levim whose job was to help the Mesa Mikdash. There were those Levim whose job was to misasik with music. And that was what they did all day. And, and so it's an obvious question. We would have looked, looked at it and would have thought that the, the serious Levim is like a sideline. You need, you need someone to play music. Besides, the Levim were given all the second important jobs in the Mesa Mikdash. For the kind of that the Levim were the assistants. And therefore, since you needed someone to sing, so the Ravim said. But, and what did they do? They did a Torah. I don't know. There wasn't a, there wasn't a, it's of learning music. But the real Ravim does not like that. He does not, I don't know, but there was something that had to be learned. And that was something that was misasic with. And he says, so that's the first point. Let's extend. Why the Kuzari first attaches such importance to the Chachmah of music? Then he says that was the main Hisaskus of the Rabim. And now is the next point. Again, talking about learning music. He says, That something which is considered an honorable uh, job, an honorable uh, activity by people. It's not something which is missing anything or something which is demeaning. And the people which are more more they're more refined. Therefore, those are the ones who like Klai Yisrael were or the Rebim were within Klai Yisrael. They're the ones who misasik in the, the delicate science of music. And uh, their leaders in this field are David and Shmuel. Why does he say David and Shmuel? So David is Pashat. I mean, if, if you're going to talk about a Chachma of, of music, then for sure you're going to look at David and Melech. David and Melech was called the name of Israel. He didn't say Mechadish, he said Omis Asik in it. What did he mean? Yes, he didn't have a servant, what to do? What's the very clear cut? You needed Chachma. We'll explain in a minute what it is. And uh, he says, therefore, the first point is that it was led by David. David we understand. David wrote to That was the, obviously the, the purest expression of the music which the Levine themselves sang. What they sang in the Shuz Levine was Tehillim. Why does he say Shmuel? So what he is referring to is the Gemara which says that David and Shmuel were the ones who mechalik the Levine into the Mishmaris. Right? Uh, the Gemara says in, in the Pasuk, uh, on the Mishmaris, it says, Heima, Ashayasa David Shmuel Haroi Ben the David and Shmuel were mechalik the Levim into into the different Mishmaris, and obviously there was an understanding of what each job, each each group of Levim's job was going to be, and the training of the Tzaddikus was in each Mishmar there had to be the Levim who could do the avodah, open the gates or whatever other avodah was necessary for the Levim to do, and in each Mishmar there had to be those Levim who were able to sing, and therefore they they, they were mechalik the singers into different Mishmaris that there would be. There will always be the Rebim who are able to make the mitzvah share in the base of Mikdash. Right. And therefore, he says to the king, 
what do you think? That they, you understood music or didn't understand music? And obviously we understand that there was a knowledge of this Chochmah as well in Klaisha. Now, that's, that's what the Rabbi Levi has to say about it. The question is, what's the big deal? The one with the one with the summer which was important to be Misasakin, and uh, what, what is a big Chochmah Shabbat? What is a big Chochmah Shabbat? That uh, it needed the Levim to be, like he says, that the Loyalim Asik was that. What did the Rabbi Levi say that this was a was his expertise was language and music and poetry and he was, he was poetry uh, music yeah the the chachma of of lang- using language in in tune or in rhyme whatever it's going to be was Rabbi Levi's forte so now what's the minor shabbat what's the minor so he already gives drops a hint and he says it comes from a zakhus hatever a certain uh, appreciation of a refined art was a chachma of, uh, of music, but Rebbe Levi doesn't say much more than that. But we find a better description of what was the oymek of the of Shiras Levim, interesting, in a very unlikely place. And that is, we have an edus from Chaim Belashna of the siyum the Vilna made when he finished his Purish in the Zay, which was and he says over there, that the, uh, I don't know, the Vilna Gaon wanted to be besides him. He closed the windows, uh, no, he closed the shutters, he left candles, invited a small group of Chomirim to the Siyam, and then he writes the Nusach of the Vilna Gaon today. He thanked Hashem for the ability to be to learn Torah and to be, make a Siyam in Torah, and to, it was misguided uh, through his learning Torah. That's what he talks about this. He said that if a person is misasik with all his Chayachs in Torah, so he may he'll be given the other Chayachs in Matana. And the Vilna Gaon also described it. The Chachma of, of geometry, and the Chachma of science, and the Chachma of mathematics, whatever it is. And then he gets the Chachma Salagina, the Chachma of music. And the Vilnikon says about it that it's a Chachma Mukha. And he said when he was Oymid on the soil of Shir Salavim, he might felt his Neshama was leaving his body, Mirai Vekus. He said there was an Amuk Shabbat Chachmas, which is the Chachma, the Amks of Shir Shim. So, um, yeah. That so we see, again, from an unlikely source, we wouldn't have thought of a guy as somebody promoting music. But he says that, that there was an oymek in Chachmas and which was so profound that he said he might felt as a shaman leaving his body from the, the enormity of it. And so that was the, that was the kayak of the Shura Salavi. So again, the, the guy doesn't explain much more than that either, but now it opens up a window of understanding that it wasn't just Pashat that they learned how to play musical instruments and they could sing along nicely. There was a certain oymek to, to the to the chacham of music, and it was an oymek which the levim who misasik in music had to understand. Maybe if we can just decipher something to try and uh, a little bit make it some more some more cl- close to our understanding this idea. And that is. Doesn't mean that the levim went to the academy of arts and were learning like ABC and the minor and major and whatever other notes there are. That there could be a guy from Torah too, but there was a certain a certain focus on understanding the Chachma Shabai and the, the Kaichel has in the Nefesh. But then, but then wouldn't it be Isaac? Isaac then. Maybe, just a little bit. Obviously, I understand that I'm Pichabal, either the Kohen or Rabbi Levi are talking about, but just a mash. And that is, music can be. Let's, let's give a mash. And that is, this I heard from my. 
my grandmother, who was her, my great grandfather, was a conductor of a Philharmonic orchestra, so he could understand music. My grandmother can inherited the kayak. I got lost somewhere between her and me. But what she told me once is that any famous piece of music, right, it's not just a question of who wrote the music. It's a question of who conducts it. Because it says the conductor gives an expression. So yes, someone can write the musical notation, but the way that the conductor brings it out, that gives it its kayak, that gives it its force, that gives it its life. And therefore, you can have, I'm just quoting her, is that you can have the same piece of music written by whoever famous uh, composer wrote it, but if the, it's, it's not just the shadow of the piece, it's who's, 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 condu- who's conducting it, how they're bringing out the imak shibu, how they're bringing out the feeling shibu, the tempo, the, you know, the rhythm, whatever it's going to be, is the asik of the person who's interpreting the music. Right? I, I don't, again, I'm not enough of a to understand exactly that how you interpret music differently. I can't even read it. But uh, just to give a marshal which I can understand, that is you can have the same nigan, but depending on who sings it, it brings out a completely different imak shibu. Somebody can sing it, and they can get the notes right, but you don't feel like what they're feeling. You don't feel a connection to it. And sometimes when the person feels a connection to what he's singing, so there's, you feel when they sing it, there's much more of a there's much more of a right? You can get a chazan who just possibly knows how to sing. He has a trained voice, so you can sing the notes you want him to sing, but there's no there's no knife in it. There's no you don't feel any connection. There's no condition. And you get sometimes a baltfiller who is on a different director, and he can be singing the same song and with the same notes. But Lamaisi, he feels Nishon. He's, he's putting, with the, it's, it's an understanding of what's being sung, or let's say of, of the Kayach and the Inigun, which would make a big difference by the person singing it. So, a Chayach of the Oymik in music isn't just the understanding, let's say, how musical notation works, or how to build a tune, or how to make a rhythm, or which instruments to use. But there's a certain Oymik in interpretation of it. And yeah, that was the Oymik of the Shir Salavi. We don't find that the the Rabim always sang the same songs. They weren't recomposing songs the whole time. At the Yom Mishnah, they sang Hashem Aras Avlai, and Yom Shem, they sang God Hashem Mufulam Mu'ayd, and I don't even think they changed the tune. Whatever the tune was, the, the Rabim kept it. And if that's the case, it wasn't that the Rabim had to miss Asik and like, trying to think of a new nigun for, for each, uh, for each of, the, of the of the Shira Rabim. Kanyar the Nakoda was, is how they understood it and how they connected to it, was how they interpreted it, how they brought it out. I would imagine, and I understand, I would imagine that's what the guy meant as well. That the Oymik and the Shiris, and, and, which came from the Shiris and the Vim, wasn't necessarily that he, he like a Chiddush in the tune, or a Chiddush in what the Shira was. It's, it's an appreciation of the Shira. And it, it, when it affects the person more, so he made it, it has more of a profound effect on them. And where does that come from? That comes from an Oymik in understanding the, so to speak, how Shira works. The, the more the more person connects to the the, the feeling behind the, the words or the feeling behind the tune, the more the, the more it moves him. And you can see that you can see sometimes when people sing, and someone finds the tune very moving, someone else it doesn't affect them. It's not because they're hearing it differently; it's because the, the effect it has on them is different. If that's the case. We're going to talk about, especially in the Yehuda Levi's world, the oymek of music wasn't just the ability of knowing how to you know, to, to add different instruments to make a rhythm or to make a beat or to harmonize. It was being the kayak of the, the emotional wellspring that music can draw on and how to influence a person. Now, where does the going come from? Where does the going come from? Can you read the going doesn't say anything in Salatim? That's always the rule of the going. And even now, when this is his drasha to see him, 
Oh, but that's the thing, that the Gaon wasn't being Mechadish Zayn Musagim. Musagim the Gaon came from Torah. And if that's the case, if you're going to where did this idea that music can have such a profound effect on somebody come from, I think it's in the first Gemara. The Gemara talks about the same Chodesh Sheva, that was music. And it says, Misham Shevim Recha Kodesh. People could listen to Simch Sashayev and come to Recha Kodesh. That, can you hear the, the, the shir was such, and it was from such a, like an intense place, that a person who listened to it could be brought to the level of Nebuah. It says about Yoyna bin Amita, the Navi, where did he get, get Nebuah from? He got Nebuah from Simch from Sashayev. That, uh, that, was, that was enough of a, uh, so to speak, emotional, powerful experience that could bring a person to such high darkness. I'll go find it. If there's a Chachma Shabbai, then that's a Chachma talking about music. It's not just the technical idea of arrange, how to arrange a different instrument. It's the Kayach which can come from music. And this is something which we've lost. We've, we've lost the Kayach and the Gina. And therefore, I think that a big part of losing the Kayach and the Gina is we've lost the way to explain Tehillim. Because Tehillim wasn't written as a Sefer to be arranged. It was written as a, a Shirim to be sung. And if a person knew how to sing to him, he'd understand him better. Maybe not just better, he'd understand him completely differently. Shirim was also written as a song? Okay, the also of Nessa, because you see, even in in, um, in Tehillim, David Amelach tells you how to sing it. Right? A lot of Tehillim, David's telling you how to sing it. Right? Uh, for example, David tells you even which instrument to use. The Metzach bin Aginais. So it's a Nasech which needs Nasech to the conductor, the Neginos. It has to be with a certain music of Neginos. Or he says, this is the thing, Ali Asa Vechina. Or he says sometimes, um, which other expressions does he use? Sometimes he says, Alashminis, which is the eight string half. Or the David's not just telling you the Tehillim, he introduces each Tehillim, there's a way how you meant to sing this Tehillim, or there's an instrument you meant to use for it. So, Be'etzim, if you think of it like that, and this is a different Oymek Shibai, Tehillim is a book of songs. It's a book of Shiros, it's a book of songs, and to understand Tehillim, you have to sing it right. And therefore, very often, David Amalek comes to tell you, this is the way you meant to sing it, because that's where you're going to understand it. And, uh, more than that, the, the kind of song it is, David will also tell you. Sometimes it's a Mizmar, sometimes it's a Shir. That there's a difference between which kind of song it's meant to be. Now, we've lost that. We've lost the art. First, we don't know what most instruments are. We definitely don't know the tune for Tehillim. Atke uh, Kach, we don't even know the trap for Tehillim. Tehillim has a cantillation. It has time. It has trap, like every other set. It has one trap. It's called Nigun Emes. There's a different trap system which works in this form, which works in Emes, which is Eov Mishnah Tehillim. They have their own trap system, which isn't, that doesn't work in any like the other form. And we don't know what it is. Is that the three I the Sorry? Those three, Those three work with the same trough symbols, which we don't, you can read them, you can see, we don't, we don't, have, to, we don't have to say them, we don't know what they are. Normally they're rules in trough. For example, a Zarko always gets followed by a Sego, whether it's in the Torah, whether it's in the Navi, whether it's in the Megillus. But now in Tehillim, you have Zarko, 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 three times in a row. We don't know what, what's the tune you meant to say, how, how you meant to read it in. And years ago, when I was trying to be, actually learn this uh, concept of trough symbols, I went around looking for scanning. They didn't know how to, how to say, how, what the trap symbols of the Hillim are meant to say. Like, they don't have a Musaira, how you meant to say the Hillim. Let's not talk about David Amalek's Hillim, which, which, which were with musical accompaniment, right, which we definitely have lost. But even the trap, how do you read it? I couldn't find anybody, not here, and then, 
what's the trap for the hillah? So we've lost it. But together with losing it, I think we've lost the understanding of the hillah. We can read the words, we can translate the words, we can see it's written in Rishkakayish, we can see it's Naomi in it. But to put the Tehillim together and therefore get the feeling we meant to, or get the, what David Amir was trying to bring out of the Tehillim, if you can't sing it, then you can't understand it. If you can't, you don't have the niggun for it, and you don't, you're not using the instruments you meant to use, you're not bringing it out the way David wanted it to be brought out, right? So then maybe you've lost, you've lost the power of it. And I think if maybe Tehillim an example, we don't understand what it was. But think of any song which you do find moving, right? And that's just say the words without the without the chant, right? You lose the whole power of it. The kayak of the song and the emotional kayak of the song has comes from the tune. That's what's more the person. You can take the words and just say them dry now on the time. Nice. Uh, they start it. it doesn't have nearly the same kayak that if you're going to sing it in the open, which is more the person does. And we made it. Hidden was a safer which was built on that historic. It was brought in the kinna, which was the man in his daughter saw David, which was, he was, and he says, Ur Akavaydi, that's going to Mo'erimi, Ur Aneva Vachinna. That's Mo'erimi to sing. And that is where the Koyach Tehillim lay. And today when we've lost the Koyach, we just have the words. So yes, we can learn the words like we learn, we can learn any words of Tanakh. But uh, what David was trying to convey and the Koyach which came with it, that we don't have. The Shir Salavim was better than the understanding of that. Again, they were learning Tehillim. They were singing Tehillim. But when you understand the Nagina, and then you can understand that the... How it affects the, how it affects the person with the tune, the words with the tune. That's what makes it a And again, an example we can relate to. Think about the davening of Yom Yom If the Chazan Pasha didn't know the nigger, we just read the words. Uh, we, uh, we did, yes, it's the same words, but it's, it's lost its kayak. The, the kayak we expect and the emotional draw it has and the sorrows that it causes is the nigger, not the, just the words. So we've lost that. But there was such a kayak. There was such a nigger. And the Chiddush is that the Zarek is such importance that he says, this was the Ezek of the Levine. It wasn't that Agav they happened to sing. No, that to be Maimik Bashir. That was the, that was the Ezek. They learned, how to, they learned the meaning of the song and they learned the Oymik of the song and they put the Neshams into the song. That was the, that was the mail of Ezek and Levine. And again, like we said, the Goyen who obviously understood all of it or some of it, whatever it is, he says, the Koyach was so strong that it possibly could bring a person to Racha Kodesh. It could bring a person to Shomot to leave his body. That was the grandeur of, of music as there was meant to be, as opposed to music, which is just uh, it's just uh, an arrangement of musical instruments. It's just a wild beat, which is none of that. The oymik the of music, which which Yerlev is describing, is something which was be'etzim, uh, something of incredible depth, and more than that, something of incredible intensity.